believe all different types of things. A post-toasty is somebody who believes the church is going to go all the way through the end of the tribulation. They're going to get toasted. So that's what, and, and that is actually the word they use for them. Mid-tribbers are those who say the church is going to go midway through this thing called a tribulation, then they're going to get raptured. And pre-tribulation folks are people who say that the church gets called up into heaven and then there's this thing called a tribulation. What is all this talk and what is all this stuff? And then there's some really, really weird doctrines that are attacking the church and there's a lot of churches in this area that are getting it. Unfortunately, this weird doctrine that the no, there's no such thing as a tribulation. There's no such thing as a rapture that when Jesus died on the cross and before Jerusalem was taken over in 70 AD, that when that happened in 70 AD, that was the second coming of Christ and Christ is in us and we are the second coming of Christ. And unfortunately, that doctrine has been going on since way back and Paul came against it. And I want to talk about some of these things because I, I want to set you guys straight, okay? Is that okay? So I'm going to give you some news today. I'm going to give you good news out of the Bible on what's happening and what your future looks like. Does anybody want, anybody want to know what their future looks like? Well, there's a book called, the, and we went through it, by the way, in October in December, actually it was actually, we started in July, end of July, all the way through December of 2012 we went through the entire book of the called the Revelation and I thought it was like just a couple years ago but it's been that long. So I'm going to give you an overview of the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ and what's going to happen things to come, things that have already happened and things that are happening at the present time so with a picture of the book of Revelation I'm going to start with just sharing something out of Daniel with you. In the book of Daniel and in other prophets, there's this um, message that comes across that God's giving them this, this idea of what's going to happen with the Jews until Jesus comes. We call it his second coming. They call it their first coming. And there's this picture, and, and Daniel gets it from the angel Gabriel, and it's in Daniel chapter 9. And it says basically this, because I've got so many scriptures I'm going to paraphrase, but in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel sees a vision. It's, it's Angel Gabriel comes to him and says, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be 77s of time on you. That's 490 years. 77. 70 times 7, 490 years. That is going to be for the Jewish people. But at a certain time period, and that's going to happen once they call forth to rebuild the temple. So what happened when Nehemiah and Ezra went back? They rebuilt the temple, right? So that started the clock. The clock then runs for 483 years. Jesus comes and he's cut off. And it says that the Messiah will come, or the king will come, but he will be cut off. 483 years to the day, to the moment Jesus dies on the cross. But then there's like, wait a second, there's 77. So what happened to this last seven-year time period? 490, 77s is 490 years. We got 483 years from the time of the temple being rebuilt until Jesus dies on the cross. I know this is a lot of, kind of, where's he going with this? But this is what God told the Jewish people through the prophets, and particularly Daniel in chapter 9. And you can read it. It starts around verse 20 all the way through the end of chapter 9 was going to be the time period for the Jews. So there's a seven-year time period left. But there was an interruption. It says the king will come, and then he's going to be cut off. But there's a seven-year time period for the Jewish people to be dealt with. And then this thing happens called the church in the church age. 
and there's a divine interruption from God with dealing with the Jews. And that time period called the seven years that he's still not dealt with them is called Jacob's Trouble, the Great Tribulation. How many of you heard of the Great Tribulation? Come on, if some of you heard about that. The time of Jacob's Trouble. Um, everybody's saying there's going to be a tribulation coming on the earth. That is that seven-year time period that he's going to deal with the Jews again. That is not for the church. That is not for the Christians. That is the seven years remaining of that 70 times seven years, that seven years that were left. We will not, I, through using the book of Revelation, I will show you, you will not go through the tribulation as the church or the bride because God has an age called the church age that's taking place. And when God is finished with the church age, and God is long-suffering because he wants all folks to be saved because during this church age, or the age of grace, what it's called, Jesus comes back and the whole world now has the ability to come back to God's family. And so we as a church, our job through that church age is to bring people into the kingdom of God. So there's a period of time that happened. And it's called the great mystery in the Bible. You'll read it in Ephesians. The great mystery, the age of grace, or the age of the church. It's in Colossians. And it talks about this time period in which God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, is bringing all men unto himself. We're in that time period right now. But we call it the last days because that time period is going to close sometime. And then God's going to deal with the Jews for seven years and the rest of mankind for seven years. And then Jesus comes, returns to the earth and rules and reigns for a thousand years. So I'm kind of setting you up. Did you all, am I, I'm trying to keep it simple. I don't want to get into depth and all that right now. I want to keep it simple for you. So let me, uh, with that kind of background, let me just bring you right through the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. First of all, if you could put Revelation 1, 1 on the board. Revelation is a book called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not Revelations. You ever hear anybody say Revelations? It's not Revelations. It's the Revelation, not of John the Baptist, and not of the church. It's the Revelation of Jesus Christ. The whole book is about how Jesus is being revealed to the world. So the whole book of Revelation is a story about the revealing, the manifesting of Jesus Christ. How many of you is, um, and, and we're here in 2012, we went through the whole entire book of Revelation. We'll have to go through it again. It's a fun book. A lot of people won't take it literal because there's too many weird things in it. But I'm going to kind of make it as simple as I can with an overview. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants, us, things much which what must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So John's on the Isle of Patmos. An angel comes, bam, takes him and says, look, I'm going to show you everything that's going to be about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to reveal everything that's going to happen with Jesus Christ. Go to uh, verse 119, if you could, please. And then in verse 119, what he says is this. Write these things which thou seen, and the things which are, and the things which are hereafter. So what is he saying? Write the things that you're seeing. Write the things which are already happening, and which will happen after. So he's basically saying, I want you to and he show you the things that happened. I'm going to show you the things that are happening. I'm going to show you the things in the future. I'm going to show you everything in the past about Jesus. I'm going to show you everything presently what's happening with Jesus. I'm going to show you the future of what's happening with Jesus. 
That's the book of Revelation. Y'all tracking with me so far? Okay, good, good. Kind of simple. Now I want you to go to Revelation 4.1. So here's how the book of Revelation reads. John gets taken by an angel before Jesus. Jesus comes before John and starts talking to him. He sees the picture of the church age in chapters 2 and 3. Chapters 2 and 3 is all about seven churches. And it's about seven actual churches, but it's about the church age, which starts with one of the churches in the beginning of time of the church age and ends with the church of Laodicea, which is the last church, the seventh church, which is a lukewarm church, which is the church we're in right now. And what it is, is it's a picture of Jesus walking among the churches and his blessings on his churches. And I'll quickly go through those real quick. Um, Ephesus was the first church. Uh, they were reject, they reject, um, the condemnation was that they, or the commentation is, you reject evil um, and uh, you're preserved because you have patience. The instruction, do the works that you first did. What's their promise? The tree of life. Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia are the churches. And the last church, the church that we're in, is there any commendations to them? No. Um, what's, their, what's the criticism of them? You're lukewarm, you're indifferent. I wish that you were either warm or cold, so because you're not, I'm going to throw you up out of my mouth. This is speaking to the last day's church. Many says, be zealous and repent. And that's, some are going to do that. They're going to be zealous and repent. That's where the revival comes from in the last days. And they get to share Christ's throne. So we go through chapters 2, 3. Now we're up to chapter 4. Chapter 4 He's now, again, remember, what's he showing? What happened, what's happening, and what's going to happen. Chapter 4 begins uh, to take him into the future. From chapter 4, verse 1, all the way through to the end of Revelation is all future. And by the way, it's still all future. Simple? You guys still tracking with me? you got to get this. Okay, so at Revelation chapter 4, 1, it says, After this I looked, and behold, the door was opened, and opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, whereas a trumpet talking to me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. So everything from chapter 4 to the end of the book of Revelation is future. This is a picture of the rapture, by the way. What happens is, from chapter 4 on, you'll never hear a mention of the church in the book of Revelation again. Chapter 6 through 18 in the book of Revelation is about that seven year time period that he deals with the world and with the Jews it's called the great tribulation time of Jacob's trouble the church is not there this is the last mention chapters 2 and 3 of the church you're ever going to see in the book of Revelation so a lot of people say well it's mid tribulation that the church is going to get called into rapture the book of Revelation doesn't show that the book of Revelation shows that I'm going to show you Jesus I'm going to show you what happens through the church age, and then I'm going to pull you up into heaven. And then chapter 4 and 5 are pictures of being in the throne room of God with the 24 elders casting their, count, their crowns before God and all that. By the way, how did the 24 elders get to the throne room already if it's a mid-tribulation rapture? Come on. So... The picture then in chapter 4 and 5 of Revelation is the picture of Jesus Christ revealing himself. He goes before God. He gets the, the book. Come on, if you all remember. 
There's no one worthy, but Jesus is worthy. He gets the title deed to the earth. And as he has the title deed to the earth, everybody's praising him and worship is breaking out in heaven. Chapter 5 shows the throne of God. Chapter 6 starts the great tribulation. All the way through to chapter 18 is a, a story of the great tribulation revealing the wrath of God, revealing Jesus Christ and what's happening to this time period on the world. And Thessalonians and different books of the Bible, it talks about there's a, there's a restrainer, actually it's in Thessalonians, there's a restrainer that's holding back this time. But when that restoration or restrainer is pulled away, then this evil time will take place. It talks about the revealing of the son of perdition and all these different things. What's going to happen during that time period is that last 70 year time period is there's going to be Holy Spirit gone because the church is gone. Maybe I'll say it easier this way. God, who loved all of mankind, sent his own son. And there came a time of grace. And all through this time of grace and of the time of church, People are getting saved and brought into the family of God. And then God says, I'm done. My church is coming home to be with the bridegroom. Jesus comes back, grabs his bride, has a great little marriage supper for seven years. Then Jesus comes back and chapter 19 with his bride to rule and reign on the earth. I don't know why this seven year tribulation period is such a big thing with everybody. When you look at the big picture of things, man sinned in the garden 4,000 years before Jesus Christ comes. Jesus Christ comes, church age, about 2,000, over 2,000 years, 6,000 years. You got a little seven year time period. Then you got a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. And then after that's done, Satan will be re- loose for a little while there'll be a little bit of deception but then he's going to be thrown in a lake of fire forever and ever and ever and by the way his demons are already thrown in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and by the way the lake of fire was made for the demons and the devil but there's also some folks that are getting thrown in there that didn't believe and that's all in the book of revelation for you to look at People who say there's no such thing as an eternal lake of fire, well, you better read the book of Revelation because it's there. I mean, I'd love to think that there would be no lake of fire, but it's in the scriptures about hell and the lake of fire over 150 times. Jesus talked more about the hell and the lake of fire than he did talk about heaven. So if it's in there 150 times in different forms, I think it might be something you might want to say, I don't care what you tell me, I'm going to go by what the Bible says. Here's another thing about this thing called rapture. Something ends, and then that seven-year time period begins. If you want to call it the rapture, or you want to call it the end of grace, or you want to call it the end of the church age, that's fine. But something has to end to start the seven-year time period. And that end is, a lot of people would call well, some people don't. Some, a lot of people call the rapture of the church. The church now has done her job. And when the church has done her job, he will call them home. Let me um, quickly go through the entire book of Revelation, and then I'll go into some of these things of why the rapture is, right, uh, is uh, 
First, what the rapture is and why it's a seven-year pre-trib rapture. So I left off Revelation 6 through 18 is tribulation. Revelation 19, Jesus is now ready to come back. Revelation 19, the tribulation is over. Jesus comes back to the earth. Sharp two-edged sword in his mouth. Basically saying, look at you guys have had your seven years of running this place yourself. Israel, you finally now get it. You're about almost annihilated. There's going to be the greatest holocaust against the Jewish people through that time period that the world has ever seen, even greater than what Hitler did. The world will hate the Jews. The church is gone. The restrainer of the Holy Spirit in us is gone. There's a time period of seven years where it's going to be such chaos and such sickness and disease on this earth that it says that unless those days were shortened, no flesh would ever live through it. It's called the tribulation period, the seven-year time period. I know there's teaching out there, Jim Baker and other ones are saying, buy up and hoard up all your food, get your um, things because they're going to light off a nuke and we're going to all have this problem with no electricity and, and you better get all your food packed up and you better get ready because you know the church is going to go through the first three and a half years of the tribulation. It's not in the book of Revelation that way. And they take some obscure scriptures and try to make that up. But here's the other part of being a pre-trib rapture believer is that the church and especially in some churches have gotten into this idea that hey we're out of here there's no stewardship there's no love there's no call to do the job the reason why we're still here is we're doing a job God left us on this earth as a church and the church age has a job to do and that's to bring as many as we can to Christ and so there's this mentality of I'm getting out of here before anything bad happens. Well, I'm going to tell you something. All who live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. If you're not having some bad things happening to you from the world, you're not suffering persecution, and maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to. This idea that we're going to all go fly away and we're not going to go through the rapture, I mean through the tribulation, and oh, it's going to be so great, and this world's falling to hell in a handbasket, it's a wrong mentality. We are stewards of this earth until we're called home. And our job is to bring as many as we can to Christ. And for this mentality, I see these signs, and you know, we're getting called up, you know, getting out of here, and we are. But be about the business until then. I talk to these pre-trib folks who got this idea that, why should I care what's happening in the world? Why should I vote? Why should I? I mean, it's all set up. I'm out of here anyway. Do you ever hear people like that talk? All the time. And it's a terrible, terrible doctrine. Yeah, you're going to escape this time period called the tribulation but it says that in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I've overcome the world you might avoid this seven year time period if you're on the earth but if you're not having tribulation if you're not having persecution right now then maybe you're too in tune with the devil in, in the world because all who live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution so the mentality of the pre-tribbers some of the pre-tribbers are so what happened is this mentality of, well, maybe we should show them that the wrath of God's only the last three and a half years of the tribulation so we can get people to kind of believe that, hey, it's going to get rough. I'm going to tell you right now, except for the great revival that still has to come, hallelujah, when, it, when this comes to the earth, it's going to get rough. And I don't know how much we're going to go through before this seven-year time period begins. It's going to get tough. 
And I don't want to sugarcoat everything and say that it's not. The scriptures are clear. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of their own self. Pride, boastful, blasphemers. Lovers of God more than lovers. Or lovers of man more than lovers of God. It says that they'll have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power. And it says from such, we need to turn away. That is a picture of what we're coming up against in these last days. Don't be frightened of what's happening. Jesus is going to be revealed. Jesus is going to rule and reign on this earth with us. Jesus is going to, after that thousand year time, that's chapter 20, as he's ruling for a thousand years, the lion is going to lay down with the lamb. The earth is going to go back and be cleansed. It says the weapons of war will be burned. Come on. Be put back into plowshares and pruning hooks. Hallelujah. Once a year, people are going to go to Jerusalem where Jesus is going to be stationed. Jesus physically is going to be stationed in Jerusalem as where he sets up his kingdom. There'll be no more of this the United States of America and Iran and all this other little... Jesus is ruling the world from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Amen. Amen. Good times are coming. Great times are coming. And it's going to be good. What happens though is after that thousand year reign they allow the devil to be loosed for a short time and he's going to deceive some folks. And I don't know how he could do that with Jesus ruling on the earth, but how did he do it with God ruling in heaven? I, I still don't get it, but he does. And then Revelation 20.10, Satan is kind of dropped into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And you and I will be ruling with Jesus Christ as the bride of Christ forever and ever and ever. That's who you are. And that's what's happening with you. So the future, yeah, it's going to get a little dark. There's going to be a revival, but there's going to, it's going to get messy at the end. But the messiness is because the church, the church is called out. The church is gone. And as the church goes and has a marriage supper with the bride, Jesus, there's going to be the earth left to itself and the Jews are going to be dealt with. And that's why it says in Revelation, or in how many of you have read um, Matthew 24 where it says and the, the apostles go up to Jesus, what are the signs of your second coming? You know that section of scripture? And then he says there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be false Christs, false messiahs. There will be pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Y'all, Matthew 24, that's in Luke and it's also in Mark in different places. That is a picture of his second coming. They ask, what is the sign of your coming? So people somehow try to relate that to the rapture. And so what happens is people get mixed up and say, well, that's, that actually is spoken of when he's going to return. So there's going to be a time called the tribulation even in that. If you, you understand what I'm saying? They didn't say, what's the sign of your rapture? What's the sign you're coming for your church? They said, what is the sign of your second coming? So sometimes people take Matthew 24 and other scriptures like that and get it mixed up with the rapture and get things all kind of confused. Do you understand that a little bit? So here we get to the end of the book of Revelation. Revelation 23. All things are made new. A new Jerusalem comes out of heaven. 
where we're going to be the resting place on the earth with God and man together. There's going to be new heavens and a new earth. Everything's going to be renewed. There'll be no more pollution. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more disease on this earth. Come on. People are going to live forever again. We're going to have glorified bodies ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ forever and ever. Your child will live to be a thousand years old and still be young because we are going to be eternal. We are going to go back to the state of Adam and Eve before the sin. God has restoring everything. It is so good. That's who you are, and that's what's going to happen to you. Hallelujah. That's our purpose, and that's our future, and that's what's going to take place. But we've got to get these false doctrines and all this nuttiness that's going on in the... Here's the, this idea that in the churches that somehow that Jesus Christ has already come, but yet it says physically in the book of Revelation that every eye will see him. He's going to come out of the eastern skies. It says every eye is going to see him. He's going to shoot all the way, I guess, the only way that every eye is going to see him. He must do a whole circle around the earth and then land on Jerusalem because everyone's going to see, physically, see Jesus. So if he's already come in his second coming, has that happened yet? Have all the things in chapter 6 through 18 happened where unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved on the earth? All these things happening where... Oh, it sounds like nuclear war and all this craziness going on. That has not happened yet. So how can people say Jesus has already come? So please, when you get into these people that come to you and say, yeah, we're the manifestation of Jesus' second coming, you can say thank you and that's nice and yeah, Jesus is in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. But I know what the Word of God says. And one of the places you see it over and over again is through the book of Revelation. Then... The coolest thing happens. Revelation 22. God's river of life flows through the new Jerusalem and through into the earth. And we're going to be able to eat from the tree of life. We're going to be able to swim in the tree of life. We're going to be, come on, we're going to be ruling and reigning like I said before. And I read it. And by the way, as I said, the, the um, worship team didn't even know we were going to talk about some of this stuff. But let me again read that. He says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed are you who keeps my words of the prophecy of this book. And then he says in verse 14, I didn't read this part all the way through to 16. I'll read 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commands and that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter into the, through the gates of the city. But listen to this, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever lo loves and practices a lie. They're not getting in. They're not getting in. God is righteous and God is justice. And for this mentality, this is another false doctrine out there. That somehow that everybody's getting in, there's a there's an entrance fee and it's called the blood of Christ. And everybody can have it free. But the fee, I guess, it's a free, how do you get it free if it's a fee? But you've got to come and get it. And it's called the blood of Christ. And it's the blood of Christ that washes you. And that's the entrance into the new Jerusalem. That's the entrance into the kingdom of God. That's the entrance into the family of God. And if you don't have that, you're not in. So we as a church have a job to do. It's to get past all these crazy false doctrines that are out there and all this weird stuff that's out there and rightly divide the Word of God 
And the word doctrine, that's what we're studying, by the way, the school of ministry is important because doctrine means that we're going to get it right, rightly dividing the word of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and righteousness so that we can be perfectly furnished or finished or complete. God gave us his love letter so that we would understand and know what our purposes are and what's coming. Nobody knows the day or hour. I cannot tell you when the rapture is. Matter of fact, we lived through 88 reasons why 1988 was going to be the rapture. And then we had the year 2000 where all the computers were going to crash and that was going to be the rapture. And I'm telling you, this one scared me a little bit. This is my flesh talking scared, not, not my spirit. September of this year is the Shemitah year. And this September, and it says there's going to be a trump of God and the dead will rise first and then we will be in a twinkling of an eye called up and the rapture will take place. It's the trumpets, Feast of Trumpets is in September. This is a Shemitah year, a year of sevens. It happens on, I believe it's the 12th of September. Uh, I'm, I could be wrong, could be somewhere in that area. Of this year. Am I looking forward to Jesus Christ coming then? Yeah, I am. That would be great. The only thing that I'm like God in the sense that we wish that all could be saved. I've still got some folks in my family that need to be saved. And so my heart right now is breaking and bleeding open for that. Lord, don't come yet. Don't come yet. I've still got family members. i still got friends. And Jesus is long-suffering that all can come to him. But he's going to come back. The church age will end. And it's going to end. And when it ends, the review or the Daniel chapter 9 and Zechariah and all these things, then that seven-year time period where he deals with the Jews again, and they get it because there's going to be over 144,000 with the Lamb of God written on their foreheads in the name of God. There's going to be Jews that actually get it during the time period of the tribulation. There's actually going to be some Christians that are going to actually come to Christ during that time period because they're going to be beheaded because the only way you're going to buy or sell during that time period without the church, without the Holy Spirit in town, without God around, is basically you've got to set it and get into the system of God, or the system of man, out of the system of God and into the system of man. They're going to set up their own money system, evil, and you all have heard of these things. No buying or selling without it. If you don't uh, listen to this beast, they call it, or this world system, they say you're going to have your head cut off. And then in the book of Revelation, between chapter 6 and 18, it talks about some of these martyrs. So there are going to be those who come to Christ during this time period. It won't be through the church. The church is gone. So again, that mixes up people. People say, well, see, there's people coming to Christ during this time period, so the rapture must not happen. If you just think logically of what the scripture says, 483 years have already passed that they prophesied. There's still a seven-year time period, but this thing called the church age comes, and people are brought back. All the world is brought back to Christ. The church age ends, a seven-year time period where he deals with the Jews again in the world, and the wrath of God comes. Boom. Jesus comes back to the earth, a thousand-year reign. Satan is loose for a moment, short time. Then, from all eternity thereon, there's a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem comes down, and we rule and reign for, with Christ forever and ever. That's what's, that's, that's the picture. You get it? I know I'm getting kind of, I want to keep it simple and I don't want to get into real deep, deep detail, but let me just go through a couple things I've got written down here. This is from my notes from before. Um, quickly. Um, some people don't believe in rapture because it's not in the Bible. 
Okay, is the word Bible in the Bible? No. So you don't believe in the Bible? The word rapture is a word used for the end of the church age and for the calling home of, of the bride to Christ. Is it in the Bible? No. But they call it the catching away in the Bible. There's something that's going to end the age where the church is finished with their job and the seven-year time period comes on board. People call it the rapture because the church gets to be called up into heaven. Okay? So when people say it's not even in the Bible, it isn't. The word rapture isn't in the Bible and the word Bible isn't in the Bible. It's a word used to describe it, okay? So when when people come at you with that kind of weirdness, just say, yeah, I know it's not there, but it's just the word we use to talk about the end of the church age and us being called up to heaven. Um, so again, remember that. Um, Jesus is physically seen after the resurrection, isn't he? When he resurrected, wasn't he physically seen by many in his resurrected body? There's this mentality out, of, out there that you cannot see the resurrected Jesus, that the resurrected Jesus is within everybody. And so we are the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was seen on the Emmaus Road. Jesus Christ was seen by Thomas afterward. Jesus Christ was seen by the apostles. And in the book of Acts, between in chapter 1, the apostles are talking to him and they watch him get called up into heaven, don't they? And two angels come and say, hey, what are you guys doing? Come on, get about your business, you know? And again, I'm paraphrasing that, but it's like they're all standing there in awe. They watch him get resurrected. They see it with their physical eyes. There will be a physical second coming of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation says it. You've got to get that stuff right. It says that in the rapture, it talks about it this way in Thessalonians. I'm going to read this for Thessalonians. For the Lord himself shall descend. The Lord himself, it says, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. That's why a lot of people think it might be at the Feast of Trumpets. With the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and they which are alive will remain and remain, shall be what? Caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's going to be some type of weird thing that happens. We call it weird. God already knows what it is. It's not weird to him. Where the church age ends, boom, he's calling his church out of here. It says it right there in the scriptures. Let's get through a lot of this stuff. Um, let me just give you some quick um, ideas of why it's, why it's Israel, not us. All through the Old Testament, this word, the time of Jacob's trouble, the day of the Lord. Matter of fact, we still got it written up there. Where did he um, get called up there? I looked at there was an open heaven, trumpet talked to me, come up hither, and I will show you. Um, behold the door. Let me read it. Because he was on, in the spirit on what day? The Lord's day. John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. A lot of people say, so he was in the spirit on Sunday. He was, on, he was in the Spirit. He was called up in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The great and terrible day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the day of Jacob's trouble. It's called many things. He was called up in the Spirit on that day. When that day started, the church, the picture of John, was called up in the Spirit on that day. The great and terrible day of the Lord. That day is all through the Old Testament as a date 
that Israel should be running or hiding. Or it's a day that it talks about the synagogue. If you're in the synagogue, it said, you know, run and hide. Well, why would it say synagogue if it's a church age? We don't worship in synagogues, do we? If it's happening during the church age, wouldn't it say if you're in church? Jeremiah 37 says this, or 30 verse 7. In that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince shall stand for the children of the people, and they shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even that same time. And at that time, thy people Israel shall be delivered. Everyone shall be found written in the book. How are they going to get found written in the book if they don't understand who Jesus is? They're going to go through this time of great trouble and tribulation, and they're going to find Jesus, because there's only going to be one answer for it. Jesus. The 69 weeks and the 70th week, I think we talked about that. Um, it says, don't let your flight be in winter or neither on a Sabbath day. We believe in Sabbath days, but the Sabbath day in Matthew 24, 20 was talking about the Saturday Sabbath day. Again, it was talking to the Jews. Um, Jesus is going to return to Jerusalem, but it talks about in this time period between chapter 6 and 18 that there's going to be 144 Jewish representatives 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes are going to get saved do you understand that now when you would read the book of Revelation what is this 12,000 and this 144,000 and by the way the Jehovah Witnesses say that they're the 144,000 and the Mormons got this idea that they're part of that 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes a remnant are going to get saved during this time period of Jews of Israel during the time period. That's for Jewish people, not for the church. Um, they're called out of their synagogue. And the last thing, if you can find anywhere during the time of the tribulation, chapter 6 of Revelation through 18, that it's mentioning the church on the earth, I'll give you a thousand bucks. I know it's not there. The church is gone. The church is in heaven. So, with that, I hope I, I got it to the point where we under, have to understand the good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ came onto this earth and he interrupted man's fall. And God's chosen people who were supposed to be ready for the Messiah missed him. So he was cut off at that time, but something great happened called the church age. The church was never God's second best. It was always in his plan. And during the time of the church age, which we're in, is cool because we get to be part of that, sharing what Jesus did, bringing people back into his kingdom. Amen? I know this was a lot of kind of technical stuff, but I wanted you to get it. Does it make sense now a little bit better? And why we believe is pre-tribulation rapture because the tribulation is the beginning of that seven-year time period that was prophesied back in the Old Testament. It's called tribulation, but it's the last seven years dealing with the world and dealing with the Jews. It's nowhere dealing with the church. And you can see that. It says that we will be saved from wrath in the scriptures, the church. We're not going to go through the wrath. But that doesn't mean we've got to have that get-out-of-here mentality. And I talk to the mid-trib people who, you know, really emphasize. People, you pre-tribbers, all got this, like, no, you don't care about the earth. You don't care about things. 
All you want to do is get out of here. That's not so for everybody. We got to get it right. I don't, you know, I would love to say there's no hell. I mean, I'd love to tell you all, guess what? Every single one of us are going to go through this thing called purgatory. Um, the ones that messed up. And after a short time period, everybody's going to get saved out of there. And we're all going to rule and reign with Christ forever. I would love to say things like that. I would love to see everyone like, but you know what? God is just and God is righteous. And if we reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is a consequence. There is an end to the church age. God is not going to go on continual, like some people say. There's going to be an end of this time period. Jesus will return with his bride. This earth will be made new again. Until that time comes, we need to be about our business. When you get into the people tell you this weird stuff and get into the weird doctrine, you've got to rightly divide the word of God. You've got to know what the word of God says. God gave us a love letter and he gave us a spirit to interpret the love letter. None of this stuff is for private interpretation, but it's interpreted through the Holy Spirit working in you. Amen. So if I could have, um, we're going to close now. If I could have uh, Amy just come forward and Maybe, I guess a nice way to say it, this is all Greek to you. you probably, some of, there may be some people here who it's like, what, why, what? If you're going to be on this earth any length of time, and if Jesus tarries for any length of time, you're going to come against a lot of these false doctrines. You will. And these false doctrines are creeping into the church pretty heavy right now. You need to know the truth, and you need to know who you are. Who you are on this earth is God's representative at this time. And the purpose why he didn't just pull you out as soon as you got saved is because you got a purpose and a design and a plan. And he must love you very much because he put you in the last days. And you're going to be able to handle it or else he wouldn't have put you here. So let's all stand right now. My prayer over you is this. That you understand and know who you are in Christ. But Christ has a purpose in you, and that is to bring as many into the kingdom as you can reach. Dennis has got a word out of the scriptures. Why don't you read that scripture first right now? Hold on, let me uh, give you the mic because we want to hear this. This is uh, one scripture past where you stop. It's Revelation 22, 17. And it says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely come on it's time to drink of the water of life now we got some work to do yet Jesus hasn't come back yet church this is not a social club this is a place where we learn and grow in Christ where the broken are brought 
and made whole. Where the grips of death and hell are broken. Come on, within you lies the greatness of God. And he accepted you and brought you into a time of this, this place and this time right now. This isn't about you and all your issues. So, knock it off. This is about you and who you are in Christ and the ability to touch other folks. You may say, you don't know the hurts and the pains that I've been through. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But you have a mission and a purpose. And when we lose our focus from our mission and purpose, it makes it easier for the enemy to take us down. You are called to greatness. Every single one of you in this room were called to greatness. You were called to represent Christ to the earth. You are, until he comes back, his representatives on the earth. And until he returns, we are the Christ that they see. It is our job to bring as many as we can. Come on. What is filling your life right now and stopping you from fulfilling your purpose and destiny for being here? Oh, I'm too old. Oh, I'm too young. Oh, I'm too sick. Oh, I'm too heavy. Oh, I'm too skinny. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I have this. Oh, it's my spouse. Oh, it's my kids. I think we're supposed to be called in even so quickly come. And before you come, let me be about caring about your business. you got to lay down all the excuses. I don't know how much time we got. This September could be it. Or maybe it's not. It could be tomorrow. I want you to start thinking right now, spiritually, let the Holy Spirit just kind of fill your mind right now. What right now do you have me to do? What do I need to do? Ask the Holy Spirit that. Ask Him right now. What do I need to do in these days? What will you have me to do in these days? Because every single one of you have a purpose and a plan. There's nobody in this room right now that God didn't design purpose and plan for in bringing people to Christ. This mentality, well, I'm there. Hallelujah. Let's, get, let's all go fly away. It's got to be broken because if that's our mentality, that was, surely wasn't the mentality of Jesus Christ who gave all to die for us. It's time to lay down our lives. Our time is so short. They're saying in another seven to ten years, and it's not happening here, and I won't believe it, in another seven to ten years there will be no church in America if we keep going the way we're going. I look at our youth group, it's growing, but most youth groups around the country, they're not there anymore. If you look at the churches around the country, you're going to see a lot of gray tops, a lot of people balding like me. We won't take that. I say no to that nonsense. We're going to grow. We're going to get people saved. This body of believers is going to be a body of believers that's going to be about God's business. Amen? You are going to be about God's business. Amen? And you, God will strengthen you and give you the tools to get the job done. Amen? If you believe that, and you believe that you've got a call on your life, I want you to come forward. 
Those who believe that they have a call on their life, that there's somebody that God wants to use. If you believe that uh, God has a call for you, come forward. And if you're afraid to come forward, come forward anyway. Father, you see your people right now coming forward. You see them making the decision. You see them stepping out in faith. And in the physical realm, they're walking forward in the mighty name of Jesus. I say touch them now in Jesus' name. Give them a revitalization of who they are in you. Take them deeper than they've ever been before. Never the same again after today. We thank you, Father God. Touch hearts and minds in this place. Revitalize them. Revitalize them in Jesus. Let them see who they are. Let their purpose and uh, destiny rise. Rise up, O church of God. Rise up, O men of faith. Rise up, O women of faith. Rise up, the Daniels. Rise up, the Peters. Rise up, the, the Deborahs. Rise up, the Esthers. Rise up. Let them declare a matter and let it be established. Let them call for things that are not as though they are. Let the fire of God just fall in them, each and every one of them, in the mighty name of Jesus. Fire, fire of God. Revitalize them, the fire, fire of God. Touch each and every one here, in the mighty name of Jesus.